are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We are proud to be part of America's number one daily podcast network, the Locked On Podcast Network, and a lot to get to on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Going to talk some BYU football, an exclusive conversation with Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach. We'll also get to some news when it comes to the BYU basketball program. Uh, Yoli Childs, Mark Pope, were they snubbed in the All-WCC honors that were announced yesterday? We'll talk about that as as well as catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A number of awards that were handed out earlier this week for Player of the Week awards, etc. As well as BYU Baseball hosting their home opener yesterday against UVU. So a lot to get to with that rundown out of the way. Let's get it going. This is Locked On Cougars for March 4th, 2020. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to join us on your daily podcast to focus on all things BYU right here on Locked On Cougars. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found and or downloaded. If you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe. That way you never miss a daily episode of this show as we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know. Feel free to drop the show a note anytime via email, Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the address to send us your notes, your comments, your concerns, whatever you've got for us. Let's kick off today's show talking BYU basketball. Of course, the Cougars in preparations for their West Coast Conference semifinal matchup next Monday. They have a long layoff here, but yesterday the all West Coast Conference postseason awards were handed out and I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of disappointed in a couple of awards in particular. So let's start off with the good news in that regard. BYU senior players Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, and Jake Toulson were named all West Coast Conference first team honorees yesterday. Toulson was additionally named as newcomer of the year for the conference, so that's a big pickup. But the other two major awards that I thought BYU stood a good chance of taking including player of the year and coach of the year went to different candidates not named Yoli Childs and Mark Pope respectively. Uh, Philip Petrusev, the star player for Gonzaga, won the Player of the Year award. And I, I quibble with that because Yoli Childs, as I said on Twitter yesterday, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. The debate in my mind about Player of the Year was going to come down to who is the best player on the best team, and that's Petrusev on Gonzaga, versus who is the most impactful player when he's been on the court for his team, and that's Yoli Childs for BYU. Cougars have only lost twice this season with Yoli Childs. Childs in the lineup, both of those in overtime. Uh, he won the WCC Player of the Week for the last two weeks of the season. He scored in double figures in 11 of the 12 games played during the regu- during the conference season and scored 20 plus points seven times. He had 38 points in the regular season finale at Pepperdine, was the most scored by a WCC player in a regulation game. Uh, so... <laughs> I understand that the debate which way it lean, and I guess some people thought that you should reward the best player on the best team, but I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed that Yoli Childs did not uh, get that honor as being player of the year because I just thought when he was on the court, he was lights out. He was head and shoulders the best player on the court, I felt like, in the West Coast Conference this year. But alas, he did miss 13 games in all, nine of them due to suspension and also four in the conference season. 
that I think probably knocked him down a peg. And as such, Philip Petrusev takes home Player of the Year honors. My biggest gripe, though, is that Mark Pope was snubbed as the Coach of the Year in the West Coast Conference in favor of Pacific head coach Damon Stoudemire. Damon Stoudemire did a great job getting Pacific to a fourth place finish. I will not argue that point, but I will argue the fact that Mark Pope, what he did with the BYU basketball program this year in his first year as head coach was a masterstroke. It should have been rewarded. He should have been coach of the year in the West Coast Conference. He has taken a program that has been on the outside of the NCAA tournament looking in for four seasons. He's made them a top 15 program. They're a lock to make the NCAA tournament as a potential 5-6 seed, somewhere in that range. And you're just going to say, you know what? Over here, the Pacific Tigers, they did a great job now that they actually have a full complement of players after scholarship reductions were taken off the table because of NCAA sanctions, etc. So Damon Stoudemire, you win. No. Plain and simple, that's just wrong. Uh, To quote my famous drop in the radio world, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City. We play it all the time. It's from Gregor Bell back in the day reacting to a a blown call, a missed overturn call in a college football game. No. Honestly, Mark Pope should be West Coast Conference player, not player, coach of the year this year. And there's no doubt about it. I don't understand how he did not win that award. Like I said, I will quibble with the Yoli Childs thing. I understand there will be voters who will say that the best team, you should reward the best player on that team. I have my druthers with that. But I just cannot understand how Mark Pope was not named West Coast Conference Coach of the Year. It just does not make sense to me. I feel like BYU, this should add some motivation to them. Hopefully, as they go into the West Coast Conference Tournament, Yoli Childs is a guy who who has been fueled by some of the snubs that have been afforded him during his career in college. He had goals of being Defensive Player of the Year in the West Coast Conference. That honor went to Jalil Tripp from Pacific, who is a great player in his own right. And Mark Pope, obviously, I think he he'll pass it off. We'll talk to him yes tomorrow. Excuse me at media availability, and in his affable nature, he'll just kind of laugh it off. But I can tell you this much. I think it is going to bug him that what he did with this program is not being recognized by his coaching peers in the conference. So it just... It's wrong, plain and simple. I don't know how Mark Pope was not West Coast Conference Coach of the Year. What he has done with BYU... Spare me your... Well, he had seven seniors. He should do that. Spare me that. What he has done in leading this program to heights that they have not seen in a decade, the last time they were this good, speaking of the BYU basketball program, was a team being led by Jimmer Fredette a decade ago in 2010. I just, I look at this and I, I boggles my mind the fact that, that Mark Pope was snubbed and Uh, say what you will about it, but I just don't agree with it. So hopefully this adds some motivation for BYU going in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Uh, They have, essentially it's a triple bye into the semifinal round where they'll likely face St. Mary's, but I'm guessing this is going to motivate this team. Speaking of Yoli Childs and Mark Pope in particular, seeing those two guys get snubbed, hopefully it just adds a a little bit of a chip on their shoulders as they get ready for a run here in the West Coast Conference Tournament and pushing on into March Madness at the NCAA Tournament. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on the West Coast Conference honors handed out yesterday. I just... It, 
it, it bugs me, plain and simple, it perturbs me that Mark Pope was not was not rewarded for what he's done with this BYU basketball program. And also, it, it sucks to not see Yoli Childs, who came back with aspirations of being player of the year, him not get rewarded for that. But such is life. You move on, and now BYU gets ready for a semifinal matchup in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena on Monday night. All right, we'll switch gears here in just a second, talk some BYU football with Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach. Had a great talk with him about his position group, what he expects to see from them during spring ball. Also talking about a position change in his group with Javel Brown making the move over from defensive back to wide receiver. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Spavia. You've heard me talk about these guys in the lead up to Valentine's Day, but guess what? They haven't stopped advertising with us, and they want to make sure you're taken care of or your significant other is taken care of. Spavia is located in Sandy on State Street, 10261 South State Street. It's, it's right near the, uh, the Mountain Mountain America Expo Center. I call, still call it the Southtown Expo Center. It'll always be that to me, but you can go by, check out what they're offering our listeners, and let them know when you stop by that you're a Locked On Cougars listener, and they'll make sure you put together the perfect package for you. They've got gift card deals, spa package discounts, couples massages, every and any type of spa package or spa treatment you might need, spa via should have it. I ran in there recently, had a sports massage, and it was the best massage of my life, hands down, no question, and I would recommend you guys check it out. You also can give them a call if you can't make it in to see them in person. 801-424-7566. Mention you're a Locked On Cougars listener, and they'll help put together a perfect package for you or your significant other. Score points and give the gift of ultimate relaxation and pampering. Give the gift of Spavia. Right now, they're dealing that they were running in the lead up to Valentine's Day is back. Right now, with a Locked On Cougars listener, as a Locked On Cougars listener, if you buy two gift cards from Spavia, you get a third of equal value for free. So you buy two $50 gift cards, you get another $50 gift card for free. It is a fantastic, fantastic deal. Actually, the best deal that Spavia is offering to anybody right now. So once again, stop in and see them in person. 10261 South State in Sandy, Utah, or give them a call, 801 424 7566 mention your locked on Cougars listener and Spavia will take care of the rest. All right, guys, I had a chance to catch up with Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach, earlier this week during media availability with BYU football. One of my favorite interviews amongst the coaches at BYU, always thoughtful in his responses, always has good insight on his position group, in particular the players along that position group. And he starts off in this interview talking about a position change for JaVel Brown. Of course, a former running back slash wide receiver in the greater San Diego area, spent last season as a red shirt working with the defensive backs, a cornerback in particular, but he is now with the wide receiving group in the spring ball period for BYU football to see what he can do there. You'll hear him talk about that. You'll hear him talk about some of the other guys like Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney as they look to step up in the absence of Talon Shumway, Micah Simon, and Aleva Hifo. And we'll even get into what he's looking to accomplish this spring with his position group. So here you go. Without further ado, BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake with myself, Jay Catch, on Locked On Coup. Here with Fessy Satake, Coach, how does it feel to be back? feels great. I'm, I've, I'm done with the days of sitting in the office and uh, awaiting these days, so it's nice to finally be here and, and uh, hear the... There's no pads today, so you yeah. can hear those thumping around, but just to see the guys running around has been fun. 
when you guys get done with, with signing day, that's early February, is it just like a month of literally just kind of looking at film, getting ready for a day like today? Yeah, you, we do a lot of uh, what we call self-scouting. We look at we look at last season and, you know, really to that point, we've kind of all already watched the season, but there's a lot more dialogue, a lot more collaboration on the staff on things we did really well uh, in the season, things we need to improve on. And we're just able to talk and, and talk about things uh, that we should keep doing, maybe some new ideas. We go out and do professional development, um, you know, colleges, NFL teams, get ideas of things that might fit our offense. Um, and we just talk about those things and then put together an install of things we want to try out this spring and kind of go from there. But it's, it's yeah, it's a lot of a lot of collaboration and talking amongst different, you know, ideas and things we've come across. Has the dynamic of you guys on the offensive staff changed at all this offseason? Um, no, kind of, kind of still the same. I mean, in terms of just, you know, our, our roles and responsibilities, and it's still just very open forum, and and um, you know, no ideas turned down, and just a lot of, a lot of collaboration, and so it's it's. It's kind of been a smooth transition. There hasn't been anything drastic. Kalani talked about the play calling late in the season last year. It was more of a collaborative effort. You guys spent the week getting ready for the game. He said it didn't really necessarily matter who was actually calling that play on Saturday because it had already been installed during the week. Is that still the kind of the same thing? Correct. Here? Yeah, that's kind of the same same vibe we have uh, into the spring ball. So, Talking about your group in particular, you've got Neil Powell who's standing over there with the, with the rest of the media. What does he bring to this group that may have been missing, if anything? Yeah. Well, one thing for this year is just that extra experience. Dax and Gunner have it, but we lost a lot. And so first thing first thing is experience. He's played in in, uh, in big games and has, and has made some big plays. But he just brings a level of um, just athleticism and a natural feel for the game. He's such a big, strong um you know, athletic receiver, and um, he's a guy that you could play across. He can play wide out. He can play in the slot. You can line him up in the wing, and he can be involved in the run game. Like he just brings, it's just so valuable in that regard. And so, I really look forward to um, you know watching him grow this spring. Yeah, like Gunner's gonna have to step up, obviously, with all the guys leaving from that group. What's he shown so far? I know it's early on in spring ball, but what does he bring to this group? Um, him and Dax have a new. I, I think. They kind of naturally took a back seat last yeah. year. And I'm going to speak to Gunner and Dax. I know you yeah, spoke about fine. Gunner, but yeah. I, I put those guys in the same. But they, they naturally took a back seat last year, mm-hmm. not because they're not competitive. I think a lot of it just had to do with the respect they had for the seniors mm-hmm. um, and what they put into this program. But they still worked their butt off and made plays. This year, in both of them, there's just this new level of confidence, leadership um, that they have. And just off of day one, man, they're they're – they're going to be good players and uh, I'm just excited to see how much they continue to grow just the level of maturity they have they're pulling a lot more guys and talking to them a lot more coaching them doing things that uh, make my job you know a lot easier and they're beating me to the punch on some stuff they're more vocal so I have seen that off of day one so that excites me what do you guys do to go about replacing a guy that's as dynamic as a a, a love a hefo find the next you know what I mean we have guys that that have um that have the wiggle he has maybe some guys that have that top end speed um who surfaces that can cover that role I don't know you know whether it's a Luke Andrada Dax Mills Shifty Gunner's got some speed you know Neil's really athletic so Mm -hmm. I don't know if we have an exact a level prototype Mm -hmm. but I think there's guys who can bring a certain level of skill set that he kind of uh, attains so we saw JaVel Brown out there working with your group. What's what? what why is he with the wide receivers? What do you expect from him? Just just uh, wanted to give him a shot at wideout. It's what he 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 played that primarily in high school. Okay. Um, he actually ran the ball a lot too as a running back. Um, he played on the offense a lot more. Um, 
you know, they're working through some things at corner and trying a lot. And, and I think this is a good time with me losing three seniors just to kind of see what he can do. So it's, it's just kind of a trial time. And um, if there's enough that we've seen him and we need him for depth and stuff, then we'll give it a go. If not, then I'm sure they'll gladly take him back at, at corner. So he's been great, really open-minded and, and open to the move. And um, after day one, you know, we, we obviously there's a lot of things we're going to work through, but he's, he's optimistic and he's coachable. Last thing for me is for your group as a whole going through the spring period, you have 15 practices here. What do you want them to accomplish? Really, I just want it's hard because like experience is what like that just comes with time. And, and so, you know, you can't just throw two years on a guy. But really, it's it's taking these next 14 practices now and really just mastering this playbook. If we can if we can try and close that gap of experience as much as we can, that's the biggest thing. I want those guys to learn the nuances, the little part of the game and the, and the uh, position play that those guys knew as seniors. If we can if we can kind of speed that up, expedite that process and get these guys to understand it more at a younger age, I think we'll be we'll be OK. There you go. BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake and heard him say in that last little bit right there, he wants these guys to master the playbook. He needs guys like Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne to step up now as upperclassmen and help tutor the young bucks. Uh, Keanu Hill will not be participating in spring ball after, after undergoing shoulder surgery, so don't expect to hear much about him this spring, but coming up in fall camp, you can expect to see his name featured prominently. But it looks like Fessy Satake is plenty motivated working with his position group they're going to have guys joining the program in the summer and Chris Jackson, as well as Cody Epps, uh, two of the more highly touted signings in BYU's most recent recruiting class. They're expected to come in and challenge for playing time right away. So spring football is going to be an interesting time for BYU's wide receivers. They look to truly kind of make an imprint and show this coaching staff, hey, we have the capability of stepping up in the absence of three departed seniors who played big roles on last year's team in Aleva Hefo, Micah Simon, and Talon Shumway, and we'll see if they're able to do that. I think Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne are going to be able to take a step here. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. I, you heard Fessy talk about the fact that they kind of naturally took a uh, took a back seat to the seniors a year ago, but now it is their time to shine, and you hope to see guys like that finally get their opportunity, step out of the shadows, I guess you could say, and really show out and wow BYU fans, and it'll be fun to track them throughout the remainder of BYU football practices. The Cougars practiced yesterday for the second practice of spring camp. They took take today off before returning to the practice fields tomorrow and Friday. The next time we will be out there talking with them as the media will be Friday evening, so stay tuned for that. And also on tomorrow's podcast is a tease for you guys. I had a chance to catch up with redshirt freshman tight end Isaac Rex. Of course, the son of a BYU legend in Byron Rex. He is a guy who's expected to really step up and potentially be that number two tight end behind Matt Bushman in 2020. I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one. We'll get to that conversation on tomorrow's Thursday edition of Locked on Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast is as easy as telling your smartphone, play podcast Locked on Cougars. And what I mean by that is you don't have to lift up so much as a finger to catch up on all the latest BYU news each and every day. You You all have smart devices, whether it's a smartphone that you plug into your car, a smart speaker in your home or throughout your home, you've got multiple. All you got to do is tell those smart devices, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, and you'll be up to date with everything going on in BYU sports news. We're with you guys Monday through Friday, every single day, making sure we 
cover the latest and greatest in BYU sports news, as well as sharing any insider information that we get our hands on with you guys. So make sure you never miss a show and tell your smart device, play the latest podcast or latest episode of Locked on Cougars, and you'll never miss a important BYU update or an important news item when it comes to your beloved Cougars. And like I've said multiple times on this podcast, we need to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. So thanks in advance for doing that. And make sure you always download and subscribe to the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, guys, let's catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Let's start off with BYU baseball. They rallied from an early 4-0 deficit in the first inning to beat UVU 5-4 in their home opener at Miller Ballpark yesterday, at Miller Field, excuse me, uh, down there on the campus of BYU. Tyson Heaton got the start for BYU and was shelled in the first inning, like I said, giving up those four runs. But BYU's pitching performance after that really was, was quite solid. They had six different pitchers throw for BYU. That recorded nine total strikeouts in the game. The final five did not allow a run over the last eight innings, and the final four did not allow a hit over the last seven innings. So a fantastic pitching performance outside of the first inning for Tyson Heaton. Uh, BYU even the game in the in the second inning as they drove across two runs with Mitch McIntyre and Brock Watkins scoring on a RBI single by Austin Deming, and then Peyton Cole drew a walk with the bases loaded in the fourth inning to give BYU the five to four lead that they never relinquished in that victory. So congratulations to Mike Littlewood and his team. They now head to Oklahoma State for a three-game series starting tomorrow at 4 o'clock Central Time. That'll be 3 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be streamed live on ESPN+. Plus. BYU Radio will also have the radio call for you guys as well of that three-game series. On to some awards that are being handed out on the softball side of things. Riley Jensen McFarland earned her third National Player of the Week award honor yesterday. Uh, she was named National National Fast Pitch Coaches Association National Player of the Week for her efforts last week. Over five games of the Judy Garman Classic, she finished the weekend batting 643. That's 9 of 14 with eight RBIs and seven runs scored. She doubled, tripled, and hit three home runs, slugged 1,500, 1.500, and had a .684 on-base percentage with four walks. Just a monster, monster weekend for the best player in BYU softball program. One of the best BYU softball Softball players to come along in recent history and a well-deserved honor for Riley Jensen McFarland. Congratulations to her. BYU's back on the road this week as they head to Fresno, California for the Fresno Classic. They'll play four games beginning this weekend with that. On to other awards this week. BYU freshman Jack Barnett was named West Coast Conference Men's Single Player of the Week for his efforts last week against Denver. Uh, he beat a senior as a freshman, Ignatius Castellino, 6-2-6-3 in that dual meet for BYU Men's Tennis, congratulations to him on that award. And then finally, all West Coast Conference honors in women's basketball were also named earlier this week. Junior center Sarah Hampson was named West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Defensive Player of the Year, while Brenna Drollinger and Paisley Johnson were named to the All-WCC First Team the league announced yesterday. So congratulations to all three of those players. Uh, Sarah Hampson, when you have 300 career blocks, it's kind of hard to not give you the Defensive Player of the Week award. But congratulations to both Paisley Johnson and Brenna Chase Drollinger on their all WCC honors in that regard. That's fantastic to see. Hampson for her efforts was named to the second team of that uh, of the all WCC honors. So congratulations to her. 
All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. You guys can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. As I've previously mentioned on today's show, my personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Feel free to follow me there. And also, make sure to drop the show show a note anytime you guys want by emailing us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the best email address to drop us a note, comment, concern, whatever you've got for us. I want to thank you guys in advance for your continued support of the show. Looking to do a listener mailbag over the next couple of days. So if you guys have got questions about the BYU sports programs you care about most, football, basketball, whatever it might be, feel free to send those questions in now on social media or via email. I'll make sure to answer them on this week's edition of the podcast. Hopefully tomorrow, but if we don't get enough questions, we'll push it to Friday. All right, this has been the Wednesday edition of Locked On Cougars. Want to thank you guys once again for your continued support. As I've said before, subscribe. Also, rate and review the show on whichever podcast you're listening to us on. Helps us build the audience, and you guys have just been absolutely phenomenal in sharing this podcast. It's a blast to have you guys on board. Uh, This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 4th, 2020, and we will talk to you tomorrow.